Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. What up, everybody? Welcome to episode 99 of the podcast, formerly known as Excellence Mindset, now known as Authentic Conversations. It is crazy. It is crazy to think that I've done 99 of these things. As a matter of fact, I've actually done a few more than that, but I wasn't counting them the same early on. And so effectively, this is episode 99 releasing uh, on Thursday, September the 10th. Super excited for that. That's what you're hearing right now. And then uh, just so you know, I'm actually going to be recording episode number 100, 100 next Wednesday. So next Wednesday, uh, September 16th, I'll be recording that uh, with uh, my good friend and business partner, John Welch is of Red Mallard. He was guest number one. So rightfully so, he's coming back to be guest number 100. I'm also going to have my amazing and beautiful wife, Michelle, come on uh, that episode because, uh, she's been a part of many of them. Actually, she's been a part of all of them in some way, shape or form. But, uh, for a while there, we were doing Sunday downloads. She was coming on for those. I think we're going to be resurrecting those at some point. Um, so she'll be on and uh, my creative director, uh, Ian Cabrera. So he, and I'll, sh I'll share a little bit of this, um, in a few minutes, but, uh, he's been uh, really directing all my video editing and producing for my vlogs, uh, promotional clips, all different kinds of things like that. So not only will he be shooting the video for that, um, for the podcast episode, also for the vlog that will come out the following week, I think, or two weeks later. Uh, but uh, he's also going to participate a little bit. We're going to have some celebratory cocktails because, I mean, that's how you got to celebrate, right? Just pretty big milestone. Um, so anyway, so I'm pumped. But uh, as pumped as I am for 100, uh, I'm just excited to be back for 99. It's been a while since I've done a solo episode, and there's just a couple of things I want to talk about today. So this will be a little bit shorter than uh, you've been hearing from me for a while, uh, but it's just me. You don't need to hear from me for that long. Uh, if you want to listen to longer episodes, go back and listen to everything before, everything after. There's been a lot of great guests. I've had so many phenomenal people come in and contribute uh, to this podcast over definitely the last two years, but I mean, the last few months have just been straight fire. So I'm super pumped for a lot of the guests I've had. I've been getting a lot of really, really good feedback uh, from uh, those episodes. So super thankful for that. Thankful for you guys uh, listening to this episode for however many of you are subscribing. By the way, if you are listening right now and you are not subscribed on YouTube, would you go please subscribe to my YouTube channel? I'm posting videos for all the blog or um, podcasts there, I'm posting my vlog there, a lot of daily videos there. Um, and so I want to continue to contribute as much good, valuable content there as possible. So go, go subscribe on YouTube. That would be dope. Um, yes, I said dope. And, um, and then um, subscribe on your favorite audio platform, whether that's Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, whatever else is out there, whatever you listen on, subscribing would be awesome. Five-star review, rate it, be honest. Um, but um, yeah, that, that would be awesome that you could do that. Would really, really appreciate it. Okay, I think that's enough about that. 
So what do I want to talk about today? I feel like I could just talk to myself and I could ask myself questions. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. But I, I really am kind of just shooting from the hip here. I don't have an agenda per se, but there's a couple of things that I do want to uh, kind of uh, bring you up to speed on as it relates to me, my thoughts on some things, and then actually a takeaway that I had from my Enneagram test, which I've talked about a little bit uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, but uh, I, I took that uh, assessment. I had a good friend of mine, Nick Bogardis, who's a fellow pastor down here in Southern California. He's also a coach through the Enneagram and just relational leader, leadership in general. And so um, he walked me through that whole process, took about an hour. It was awesome. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, and really, uh, because that relates to kind of the state that I'm in right now, professionally, personally, uh, and everything else. <clears throat> But what I want to start off with is um, I was just listening to some clips of my first podcast episode of 2020. Uh, I was reflecting on 2019. I was talking about how excited I was for 2020 uh, because as fulfilled, as successful as 2019 was, uh, I had uh, more work booked in the first quarter of 2020 than I had generated in all of 2019. And 2019 was the best year I'd ever had in business. So I mean, talk about things to celebrate, right? And then COVID hits and a lot of that came crashing down, caused a lot of struggles. You've heard me talk about that. And so it's just kind of ironic, you know, when you, or when I just go back nine months, I mean, it, it, it some sense it's felt like forever since the beginning of the year. Uh, but also it, it was just like, just there. Like you could almost touch January 1st, 2020. And a couple of the things that I think about outside of uh, the monetary side of things uh, is what was I focused on um, as I moved into 2020? And so um, I always think of, you know, kind of like, what do I want my year to exemplify? And uh, 2019 was the year of fulfillment. That was phenomenal. I was definitely fulfilled in so many different ways, personally and professionally in 2019. And so 2020, I wanted it to be the year of joy. Like that was what I wanted to focus on was joy, joy in all things. And obviously that got really hard, right? Like it was going to be really hard to focus on joy. Um, but wonderfully enough, I had set my mind to it ahead of time. So I was preparing. Uh, beyond that, and these are things that um, I have adopted to some degree over the last couple of years, but I continue to refine them. And so words that I wanted to to really be focused on and live by were authenticity, generosity, and gratitude. Again, being authentic at a time like this, um, absolutely, um, you know, I, I can continue to be authentic. It's hard because you got to be honest. Like I cried when I took a huge financial hit at the beginning of March. No joke. I literally cried. Um, so I, uh, you know, so being honest about that, being authentic about that, that was going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I was game for it. So authenticity, like I was going to keep doing it. Generosity again, like it could present a challenge because when things get hard, it's harder to be generous. We feel like we have less. And so we kind of start to get the scarce mindset, but I was going to lean into it. I was going to be generous regardless. And so I just continued to be as generous as I could with my time, even through all of the challenges that we faced. And finally, gratitude. I wanted to be thankful. I wanted to be thankful and I want to be thankful to God for all of the things that he has done. 
uh, to continue to lead and direct my life. And just he's provided for so many different things for myself, my family, not just monetarily, not even practically, but really just spiritually and uh, my mindset, my heart, like everything is from him. And so I'm just so thankful to God for that. But then beyond that, continually being thankful for and uh, for my family, my wife, my kids, the job that I have, the opportunities that I have, like there was just so much to be thankful for. And so again, you know, it, like it, it's hard to focus on some of those things when difficulties present themselves. But if we set our minds to them ahead of time, if we are preparing, then when the difficulties come, it's going to be, I don't want to say easier necessarily, but it just, it provides really good guardrails and a guiding light for us to, to drive through whatever it is, uh, is in front of us. So, you know, those are some of the things that I set out to do in 2020. Again, you know, that, that got kind of challenging at times. Um, absolutely. Um, but what I, what I really wanted to talk about at least, you know, to kind of hopefully help you uh, with to some degree because everybody's in a different place right now but clearly we're we're all just challenged it's it's been hard for us and uh it, it likewise has been for me again march was really difficult financially uh, which obviously rolled over into quite a few more months other than just that month but that was where the big hit started but it wasn't just that when I started to experience a lot of, uh, or when I started to witness a lot of the division that was happening over um, the COVID outbreak and seeing how hurt um, people were um, and then how much people were hurting each other, like that was hard, right? Like these are big thoughts, they're big implications for a lot of different reasons, but it just seemed to get so nasty. Then we threw in, and I don't, I don't say that lightly, but then all of this uh, uh, racial tension that was really uh, exploded um, by the uh, George Floyd incident uh, came onto the scene and so many of the ensuing protests and riots and um, just violence and killings and opinions around all of that, like people continued to just war with each other over that stuff. And again, these are really, really big issues and these are really, really hard things. But I started to feel more and more of the burden of that. Um, and, and it's because like, I, I, I really do. I care about people. I really want to see people come together. I really want to see people love one another. I really want to see people support one another. I want to see people understand and care for each other, even when they differ over things. And I was seeing less and less of that. And as a matter of fact, I was seeing the opposite. I was seeing people in the name of trying to lift certain people up. They were destroying other people. In the name of trying to protect the health and well-being of some people, they were destroying the health and well-being of other people. And whatever side you're on, it was doing it. And whatever side you're opposed to, they were doing it too. And so it was just, it was so, so much. And it was really, really difficult to deal with. It really was just so difficult to deal with. So um, that just continued to kind of bear its uh, weight on me. And um, so I decided to 
Um, amongst a couple of other changes that I was making, I decided to narrow down my workday a little bit. I felt like that was going to free up some space for some other things that was important to me uh, to put more focus into and spend even more time with my family, really invest into my wife and my kids the best way I could to make sure that the narrative in our home and around the people that we were um, uh, existing with uh, when, in whatever capacity we could at the time, that we were having balanced conversations, that we were, we were contributing positively and all the while trying to do what we could to stand strong in our convictions, but really to make sure that the convictions that we were strong in or we stood firm on really, really mattered. And there are very few of those things that I'm willing to die on the hill for. Um, and so, you know, again, just, you know, I, I wanted to spend a lot of time doing that. And so I was doing that. Um, one of the other things I decided to do, and this has been uh, many years in the making, um, and, but because of this just overly intense season, I decided to take a sabbatical from uh, pastor, my pastoral role at church. Uh, meaning that I was going to step back. I was going to take a couple of months off. I'm actually in the middle of that right now. And as of right now, the intention is to go back in uh, mid-November uh, and uh, reassume my uh, pastoral role with the other two guys that, uh, that are pastors of the church uh, here in Fullerton. Um, but during this time, really my hope was to reset, to heal some of the challenges that I've experienced uh, uh, been a part of, experienced, whatever, uh, and then just to take a break, to take a breath, to really reassess what I wanted out of life um, generally, but more specifically, my faith in God, my relationship with God, how uh, my call as a pastor affected that, as my, uh, my call as a member of the church, the community. So anyway, so I'm in the middle of that, and I'm taking a break, and it was super interesting because um, uh, literally, like almost immediately upon taking that break, and I feel like I'm kind of rambling here, but hopefully you're tracking with me, but immediately upon taking that break, I felt this huge sense of relief. And it wasn't because I had any crazy responsibility. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the other three guys, he, he takes on a lot more than I do. Um, but it was just this huge weight that had been lifted, just some freedom that was was given to me. And I couldn't quite pinpoint it until I began to realize that, again, in the midst of taking on so much burden, either uh, intentionally or just by way of the role I was in or the environment that I was in or put myself in, um, by relieving that burden, I felt a freedom to just experience God in ways that I had not in years. And oddly, as I think back um, a year, I read, um, um, oh my God, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. You've probably heard me talk about it before. Uh, Ryan Holiday is not a Christian. It doesn't uh, have faith in God like I do, um, but uh, a lot of Stoicism and particularly modern day Stoicism um, ha has uh, similar thoughts and beliefs as to how we uh, do life and live and think. And, um, and so um, anyway, so I read that book and I was really um, interested in this idea in, of silence and solitude in ways that I hadn't thought of before. So silence and solitude to me was really like go in a closet, hide, 
uh, and come out when when you're like when you've had your reset. And I'm I just I don't do good alone. Um, I really struggle with that. As a matter of fact, like I like being around people, uh, but me being around people was causing a lot of the burden, was causing a lot of the stress, was causing a lot of the hurt and heartache. Um, anyway, so I was reading through Ryan's book and there was just a lot of things in there. I was like, man, that's just so helpful. I need to adopt some of those things. So I was trying, but I was bumping along at best. Anyway, so then fast forward all the way back to, I take this break, this sabbatical from church. And the first Sunday, I'm listening to a sermon uh, by uh, Matt Chandler. He's a pastor of the Village Church in Texas. He's one of the best pastors I believe that exists in our day. He's very well balanced. He's extremely intelligent, huge heart for Jesus. He's gone through some crazy, crazy things in his own life, including a terminal cancer diagnosis that he was able to beat. Um, so there was just a lot and uh, that he experienced. Anyway, so I have a lot of respect for him. And so first Sunday, he's preaching and uh, my, uh, I was listening, I think uh, my wife and I were listening, and it was just so powerful in so many ways. One of the other things he talks about, uh, was that he talked about in there, was this app that he was using uh, called the One Minute Pause, and it was uh, just a way to get a couple of reminders every day to pause. And then it's guided meditation through some uh, uh, scripture and then a couple of other things and some nice music in the background. So I started doing that, and all of a sudden I started feeling more of this burden lift, more freedom. And even one of the, uh, one of the guided kind of uh, statements in there is what do I need to uh, let go of? And like, so that, that statement just caused me to like start, start thinking about all these things. And I'm bouncing back and forth between like past and present day and somewhere in the middle. Anyway, so that happens. And then I have this conversation with Nick about my Enneagram. Uh, which if anybody's curious, just right out of the gate, uh, I am a three. And I guess if you know me uh, and you know the Enneagram at all, you would know that that is just, it totally makes sense. A three, um, so like kind of just in order. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't know tons about this. Nick's the guy to talk to, but um, is an effective person. And then right behind that powerful person and a good person is an eight and a one. And those things come in really close and um, there's, a, there's a lot of other stuff there anyway, but everything he was talking about just made so much sense. Um, and, and yet one of the things that he talked about towards the end, uh, was because of my assessment and my personality type and Nick and I have known each other now for eight years. Um, he's mentored me a lot. He's been there just as a great friend in some really, really dark times. Um, and so Interestingly, uh, one of the things that he said to me was, you know, during this sabbatical and really just in general, because of who you are and what the Enneagram says about you, um, you would do really well spending some time in silence and solitude. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how many more people are going to tell me this? And so I just want to, I want to kind of read this because this is so telling of who I am. Um, and so in the fear and longing section of the Enneagram's assessment, it says this about my, uh, my dominant uh, style of, uh, of being a three. Um, so it says, you know, each of the nine core styles has a dominant inner longing that lies beneath many of its motivations. And so the core longing of the three is validation. As a three, you likely want to hear well done. But beneath that voice, you long to hear you are enough just as you are. 
Words of affirmation are probably critical for your peace and wholeness. Goes on to say, our inner longing exposes our core fear. We're afraid to lose what we most hope for. The core fear of the three is worthlessness. And I'll get, I'll, I'll talk about this in a minute. Uh, it says the three is relationally oriented and competent. And at the heart, the three wants to be viewed as praiseworthy and valuable. Most threes have a subconscious but pervasive fear of being considered a failure. And then it concludes by saying, as a three, you can face this fear by spending time in silence and solitude, where you can remember that your identity doesn't depend on others' view of you. And man, again, of course, like, you know, going back to the beginning, if you know me well, or the beginning of what I just read, like, um, I do love to hear well done. And I love to hear well done. I used to love to hear well done because I was very prideful, very cocky. And I, there's still some of that pent up in me. Absolutely. But now I want to hear well done because I really believe that my call uh, as a husband, as a father, um, as a friend to the people that God puts in my life, uh, as a coach, as a business leader, like I believe that these things are God's call on me. And so my ability or my work, uh, my words, my actions are a reflection of God. And so I want to do well. I want to do well because it reflects him well. And then obviously beneath that, like I do, I, I want to hear well done. Like I want to know that um, I am um, good enough as a husband, that I'm good enough as a father. Um, those things, like I, I, I strive for those things. And, and I love words of affirmation. Um, I, I try not to put too much stock in them uh, in terms of like how I need them because I don't want to get puffed up with conceit. And again, just all, all, all of those things that can so easily kind of seep in. Um, but I do, I, I really appreciate hearing those things. Um, but what's so interesting was, was as it worked down into like this three is relationally oriented and competent and, you know, wants to be praiseworthy and valuable. Um, it's so interesting to me because sometimes ways in which I'm trying to contribute value and what I was seeing during this last, this, this season of life that I was in is that I was trying to, to continue to be the moderate voice. And that's not been my personality. Like I have very, very strong opinions. I've exercised those a lot in the past. Um, and yet this time around, um, and for the last couple of years, I've been working really hard to not do that. And, and instead I was really trying to, um, to do a good job of bridging the gap of bringing people together, of helping people to see different perspectives. And I, I, I guess, uh, I'm just kind of reading into this, but like when that wasn't working, when that was falling apart, uh, I was just taking so much of that burden on myself instead of taking some of my own medicine and realizing I can't control it anyway. And then to go all the way to the end when it said, you know, go spend some time in silence and solitude because you're going to realize that your identity doesn't depend on others' views of you at all. And as a matter of fact, beyond what the Enneagram says, like I, I know at the core that my identity has nothing to do with me at all and everything to do with what God has done in me and for me. And so 
getting into silence and solitude, getting into quiet, taking those breaks, it started giving me this freedom to, to, to experience life more than I ever have. To, to really see things for, for where they are, to find a new sense of hope, to just find a greater sense of joy, going back to the word that, you know, I, I wanted early on. And so it, it's taken like a, a lot of um, damage. It, it, it's taken some destruction to get to this point where here we are in September of 2020 in probably the most difficult year most of us have lived. And nine months into this year, I'm finally reaping the benefit of the destruction. I'm finally personally experiencing life in the way, joy in the way that God intended for me to experience joy when I set out this year to make it a joy-filled year. And it's just so crazy that it's taken all of this to get to that place. And so now that I, I, I'm in this kind of rhythm, this flow, this groove, now it's giving me clarity to see myself even, even better than I had. And I felt like self-awareness is a really strong attribute of mine, but I'm getting even more clear there. It's giving me clarity to help other people walk through their struggles, their hurts, their challenges, their, their greatest um, goals and dreams and desires. It's helping me to forge clear paths with people through those things. And it's all been because of this time of, of personal assessment and evaluation, not just the Enneagram. The Enneagram was just another catalyst to that, not just Nick's words and follow up to the Enneagram, but, but that as a catalyst again to, to, to cause me, the spark to cause me to think differently than I had throughout this year. And then it also, it also required behavior change, right? Like it wasn't just about, I'm just going to continue to self-reflect. Like I needed to give myself space. And so part of that space has been this sabbatical and it's causing me to, to ask a lot of questions, to, to really get outside the box and really, really consider what I want my life to look like, what I want my, um, my, or what I want my words to sound like, what I want my actions to look like. Like I'm thinking about all of those things in, in ways that I have not ever, ever. Because ultimately I believe that the goal in life, like everyone's goal in life should ultimately be some form of freedom. And you've probably heard me say that before. The freedom to live the life I want to live. The freedom to do the things that I want to do. And obviously, like, there, there's parameters there. Like, we've got to live in reality. But we want freedom. Anything that we're chasing in life is ultimately a means to the end. And the end is always or can always be defined as freedom. And so I am feeling more free than I ever have. And I believe that freedom is ultimately produced. Freedom is ultimately produced when I, I, but we too, but freedom is produced, my freedom is produced when I focus on being and becoming who I have been called to be. And I haven't been called to be a moderator, though I want to be a sound voice in this world. 
I haven't called to be a fixer of brokenness, though I want to contribute to brokenness that's happening in this world. I'm not called to change people's lives um, or to be the one that changes people's lives, though I want to contribute to changing people's lives. You know, like I, I'm just, I'm gaining so much more clarity there. I don't need to be the one that always takes the responsibility or always has to be um, taking the lead in change and making things happen. Like I will do that at times, but I need to be more measured in what I am doing and how I'm approaching my days, my weeks, my months, my years, and ultimately my life because I don't want to get into the place that I was just a few short or a, a month or so ago, uh, which was I was just at the end of myself again. And I, I had a big anxiety attack and a couple of other things. And I'm like, I just, I don't want to go back to that. And so I guess as, as I'm wrapping up a, a whole lot of a lot, um, what I hope you take away from this are a couple of things. First of all is... I hope that you just hear just a, a little bit more of my heart kind of just inside um, just inside my head and how I think and what I've been thinking about. But also, if you're looking to to make the most of the time and season of life that you're in, um, what are you doing with it? This doesn't mean that you have to come out better than you went in or you have to um, measurably grow or you have to make some drastic change. All in all it means is, is what are you doing right now? I hope you're not just waiting for it to be over. Because even if you're just waiting for COVID to be over, something else is coming. If you're just waiting for the election to be over, something else is coming. We're always going to be in seasons of challenge, seasons of struggle, seasons that burden us, seasons that stress us. What are you doing now? What does the journey look like for you right now? What steps are you taking to live the best life that you possibly can right now? Do you need to take an assessment? Take one. If you want access to the Enneagram, I'd be happy to help you out. If you need to go sit down and talk to somebody, go do that. If you need to make some drastic change, do that. If you don't need to make any changes at all and you just need to be happy with the life that you have, do that. There's a wonderful woman that uh, I've gotten connected to on social media. Her name is Tara Nickel and um, she is daily uh, posting on Instagram uh, amongst a bunch of other things. She's posting um, what she's grateful for. And it's been three things. And I have loved, loved, loved to see Tara's stuff. As a matter of fact, go follow her on Instagram. It's at Benefits Mom, B-E-N-E-F-I-T-S-M-O-M. She's a great woman uh, doing a lot of really, really good work right now at home, doing some coaching, doing a few other things uh, anyway. But, um, but she'd be great to follow. But I just, I appreciate seeing what she's thankful for. And sometimes it's, I got out of bed and I love that. Like maybe that's what you need to do. You just need to be grateful. As a matter of fact, if you're listening, if you've listened all the way to this point, if you reach out to me right now, the first person that does that after listening to this, I will send you a copy of the five minute journal. And that's a good guided way for you to be thankful for your life every single day. That's one of the prompts in there. So if you send me a message, I'll send you a copy. I actually have two. So I'll send two people copies um, if they want. So you can reach out to me. You, you know how to get a hold of me. 
Um, anyway, so what are you doing right now? What are you doing with your life? What is it that you need to be focused on? Being in the moment, focusing on the future. I don't, I don't know what it is for you, but don't just let it pass you by. So that's really the biggest thing that I, I hope that you take away from all this. Beyond that, um, in my last two minutes or so here, I do want to plead with you. I'm literally begging of you. This sounds so silly and so simple. But would you please be kind to people? I know it's not easy. Right now, it's actually really difficult to be kind to certain people, especially people that maybe you're acting out of anger and frustration, hurt, hate. Be kind. How that works itself out in your specific context, I don't know. But be kind. It's simple simple acts of kindness to other people that can go so much farther than we think they can. Be kind, love other people, care for other people, be gracious, be considerate, be merciful. Yes, speak the truth, but do it in love. And love is not being hard and telling people the truth in some nasty way because they need to hear it. It's not going to work. No one's going to change their position or their opinion because of some nasty gram you sent them. Be kind. Be nice. Playground rules. Be s it's simple. It really, really is. And as grown-ups, we've gotten far too far away from just being nice, just being kind, because so much other crap has been lumped into it all. I think that wraps it. I think that's just such a great place to finish. Be kind. Episode 99 is done. You've listened. Thank you. If you've listened to all 99 episodes, you are amazing. You are actually amazing. As a matter of fact, if you text 714-202-9402, if you text 714-202-9402, and you honestly honestly can say you've listened to all 99 episodes i'm going to send you something so text number nine the 99 to 714-202-9402 if you do that i'm going to send you something i don't know what it's going to be i mean i know what it's going to be you don't know what it's going to be and i'm not going to i'm not going to um i'm not going to show my cards though but be honest 99 yes or no if you want to do that, you can do that. Beyond that, be on the lookout. Again, go subscribe on YouTube. Having a lot of fun with my vlog. Posted a really serious vlog this week on pain and suffering and some really honest things that I've experienced and some ways to guide through that. I've got a fun one coming up here this next week. Um, I just recorded uh, vlog number 10, which th that's, a, that's a big hurdle. And again, shout out to my creative director, Ian. He's just amazing and putting those things together, recording, dealing with all my nonsense. He's a great dude. Um, yeah, thank you. Appreciate you so much. 99 in the books. 100 is coming next week. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.